0: Welcome, and thank you for joining us on our latest installment of Women at Ropes Talk, a podcast series brought to you by the Women's Forum at Ropes & Gray. In this podcast, we spotlight extraordinary women with successful careers and interesting lives who are making a positive impact in their workplaces and communities. We feature women attorneys at Ropes & Gray in conversation with prominent women clients, industry leaders, entrepreneurs, and others. The podcast centers on these prominent women's careers and what's led to their successes, the challenges they faced, and the hard-earned wisdom they've acquired. I'm Christine Moundis, a healthcare partner at Ropes & Gray, based in New York, and co-head of the firm's Digital Health Initiative. On this episode, I'm thrilled to be joined by our Women's Forum co-chair, Catherine Wang. Catherine, would you mind introducing yourself and providing a brief overview of your practice?
1: Thank you. I'm a partner in Ropes & Gray's Shanghai office with a practice focusing on China licenses, regulatory, and compliance matters.
0: Who's the special guest that you've been interviewing on this episode?
1: In this episode, I'm going to interview Ingrid Zhang, who is the president of Novartis, China. I've known Ingrid for more than 15 years, and I have great respect for her passion and dedication. Her background and experience reflect a nice combination of Eastern and Western cultures. I'm sure our listeners will be thrilled to learn more about
0: Ingrid today. Tell me, how did you meet and start working together?
1: Well, it's very interesting because both Ingrid and I were former McKinsey consultants. So we actually met, I believe, in McKinsey's Taipei office, where she traveled to Taiwan for a project um, from the U.S. And then we also became colleagues at AstraZeneca in China, where I had the legal department and Ingrid was one of the uh, leaders for the oncology business unit. So we
0: became colleagues again. What are the most noteworthy matters you've worked on together?
1: We were recently able to start picking up some matters from Novartis China. Uh, we had worked on an interesting project that concerned about introducing Novartis gene in therapy to one of the healthcare pilot zones in South China and see if that would be able to be used as an example of introducing um, therapies to address patients unmet
0: medical needs. What would you say is most notable about Ingrid's career?
1: Uh, I think Ingrid is a very bold person. Actually you can tell that she was the McKinsey consultant and then she moved into the industry. Before that she was a scientist. So I think that represented her uh brevity to enter into new territories, to experience new things and to never be shy of the challenges. And she has been very um, adaptive, action oriented and she was really a great leader. I have being able to witness her uh, changes and career advancement over the past 15 years, and I'm so proud of her.
0: That's fantastic to hear. With that, I'll turn it over to you and Ingrid. Hi, Ingrid. Thank you so much for
1: agreeing to chat with us today. Maybe we can start with your introducing yourself to our listeners.
2: Hello, Catherine. Great to connect again. And um, I'm an Ingrid Zan. I'm currently the president of Novartis Pharmaceuticals um, based in China. It's been a great journey. And Catherine, I still remember when we met um, in the Taiwan office, um, you know, over 15 years ago, where we both share a passion of healthcare. And today, um, I have actually been with Novartis for over 10 years and spent the last four years in this current role. Um, Just a quick word about Novartis, right? We're a Swiss-based pharmaceutical company. And what we believe in is to reimagine medicine in order to improve and extend people's lives. And we use innovative science and technology to address some of society's most challenging healthcare issues. And we discover and develop breakthrough treatments. And more importantly, we want to find ways to deliver them to as many patients as possible. And in China, um, my business has over 6,000 associates, and we are very, very vested in the common illnesses that impact a lot of people, including cardiovascular diseases, immunology, ophthalmology, neuroscience, and respiratory. Um, On the personal level, I am married happily with a very supportive husband and two children. One has actually gone on to college already, and the other is during elementary school.
1: So, Ingrid, indeed, we've known each other for, I mean, more than 15 years, and I've always been very made by your passion and dedication. I know you've been through different roles so can you actually briefly describe your career trajectory and what would be your biggest career wins to date and how
2: did it come about? So if I I reflect back on my career I think there is a central theme which is my passion about healthcare. I've actually approached healthcare in different ways. It goes back to my earlier childhood Um, when two of my close relatives were suffering from severe illnesses, and they were misdiagnosed and mistreated. And as a result, they passed away when I was very young. So that actually left a really, really big impact on me. And, you know, and and there was a strong desire for me, how can I help others so they don't have to live through the same? Um, And and when I was going through education in the U.S., um, I actually focused on science chemistry and chemical engineering, as well as did um, research in drug delivery. Um, there, there was a lot of fun time, um, but I also realized that I, I probably didn't have the talents of, um, of uh, getting along very well with self. And, uh, and I also realized uh, research could take quite some time and I was keen on making an immediate impact. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after business school, I, I actually also explored consulting, which is a lot of fun, as you know, Catherine, huge yeah. intellectual challenge and solving difficult problems, right, facing senior leaders. And it's that, you know, positive experience carried me and then enabled me to actually move into pharmaceutical industry and moving to corporate for the last uh, 15 20 years, um, where I'm working closely with development colleagues about commercializing, preparing for bringing the innovations to markets in order to benefit as many patients as possible. Mm. Um, and, and of course, I've actually worked extensively in the US, um, China, but as well as um, periods uh, in, in Europe. You, you asked about the wings, right, of Korea. Yes. Yeah. Um, whereas I probably look at this not necessarily as wins and losses, but I look at as a journey and where there's six, like a milestone. And there are probably two milestones that I can share. Uh, one is when I was uh, appointed um, as the general manager and country president for Poland. Now, I, that's actually quite a bit of an unusual move, right? Uh, before I, I, I signed on, I've not gone to Poland, visited or told. Um, yeah. So it was. It was, a, it was a really, really great experience, learning experience for me um, to lead the Polish organization and to get involved with Industry Association, um, which is allowing me to really keep an open mind, learn from this uh, quite challenging market, and work with Polish, you know, talents and teams, both from the mind and heart, so we can really win as one team. So that's a, that's a really great learning experience for me. Um, You know, I also learned that, you know, how I can, in a smaller market, really think about how I can make a difference, how I can contribute by setting a strong foundation, build a team, then learn from how to embrace by working with not just the traditional stakeholders, but by other unusual players so we can form a stronger coalition and advocate for innovation but so that's the first one i would say yeah and the second one you know of course is uh, i got asked to to lead china i have to say um you know i was super excited when that came but yeah. the sequel a little bit scared i think for a whole month after that i was i was still grappling with the the ask um yeah. and, and at the same time also asked, i was asked to join the executive leadership team of pharmaceuticals right which is a 30 billion dollar um enterprise, along with my colleagues, Um, you know, I I kept asking myself, how can I, how can I live up to the expectations, right, of my, um, my line manager, of my predecessor of the company, Um, you know, I think this, this sometimes could happen to women, uh, right, Um, Mm. but but I lived one day at a time, I also focused on, you know, what I need to do, what are the priorities, and through the collaboration of the team, the support of my colleagues, mentors, um, you know, I, I really am having a fabulous time, um, and, and China now is a key growth driver and priority of, of global. I'm really happy to report that in the last three years, we've grown strong double digits. And, and as I look forward, I, you know, I, I I do see myself as the trajectory, and I am also looking forward to learn and delivering more milestones in the years to come.
1: So, so, Ingrid, what you just described, your career trajectory sounds really amazing. So what was the most important advice that someone gave you in the past about your career?
2: Someone, which was actually a mentor of mine, uh, gave me this advice. Ingrid, have some sick skin. So this probably comes as a surprise um, to you, and I was a bit mm. shocked when I first heard it, heard about it. Yeah. And but but the more I think about it, the more I think about the implication. I think the more I see value, especially for women, um, especially women, you know, early in their careers. Mm. You know, I think you know having thick skin really means, um, you know, don't be too sensitive for criticism. Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, you know, and blame. Look. Uh, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to take it to the negative connotations. But I, I really think about there are a couple couple um, elements of it. One is I, I think it, it's basically saying like you don't shy away from being proactive. Speak your mind. That view is not necessarily um, the consenting view, but rather just speak up. I think the second thing is also think about this is never personal, right? I think, you know, if you if you really think about, you know, taking it the wrong way, you know, it becomes personal and my limits me from, you know, reaching higher. So it's not personal. I think maybe the third thing is, you know, it really helps me to put things into perspective. And, you know, I really think that's uh, that's perhaps a bit sounds a little controversial, but it's really been a very valuable piece of advice that I received early in my career.
1: Yeah, that's very interesting. So, um, you're actually widely regarded as a role model for female professionals in the healthcare industry. I think many people admire you for your career achievements. So how do you see the importance of mentoring in your career?
2: What advice
1: would you offer to young um, female professionals early in their career?
2: Yeah, I think mentoring is hugely important. Um, and for that, I think you know for us, um, you know especially where I am, um, I think, you know, I've benefited a lot um, from earlier years, whether it's, uh, it, it's a, you know, senior manager or senior leader or, or just a real mentor. I think, you know, kind of a, you know, it certainly has benefits of having somebody mentoring me, you know, somebody I really know, uh, and somebody that's perhaps a bit more removed, I think, their value in both. Um, I, I remember, um you know, this was actually quite early when I was in um, when I was considering um, the career path. Um, and believe it or not, statistical professor actually planned the seeds about business school. You know, um, really uh, quite early on. And, and then an ex working alum also has kind of talked about the importance of business school. And this is actually where I, I kind of uh, made the made a change. Mm-hmm. Um, and then certainly, um, you know, I think about um, some of the strong women mentors I've had uh, very early on in my career I um, really benefited a lot um and you know I, you know I see this as more of a not necessarily as pay it back but more as, as pay it forward so I do mentor actively um currently today I also sponsor um, a, a program in novartis which is called make your move and um, where we really um, focusing on younger women and men um, and talk about how we can facilitate greater, more diverse careers um, in order to propel learning, but also help these young talents to discover interests that perhaps they have not thought about before. Um, and my advice to people is, um, is probably two things. One is don't shy away from asking for help and asking for feedback. I think when I look back to my younger self, I was quite keen on delivering, quite keen on making the right. Um, yet not realizing that it's it's actually a really great learning experience, right? And people around me, mentors, colleagues, peers, would love to help and provide their advice. And and to be able to pick that up and learn from and demonstrate results is a huge value proposition both to myself and to the one that's offering help. So, So never shy away from asking for help and feedback. That's the first advice I would give. And the second thing that I was going to say is actually aim high and be bold. You know, I think you've heard this um, famous saying from Clement Stone, which says, you know, aim for the moon. If you miss, you might hit a star. I think that's really helped me a lot. Um, You know, sometimes we have these um, artificially set um, frameworks um, Mm -hmm. and constraints around ourselves, whether it's intentionally or unintentionally. But, but in reality, I, mean, I, I think growth has no limits, so to speak. I really think aiming high and be bold will help all of us to really unleash our potential and discover new heights.
1: Well, so you have been basically working as a veteran in the healthcare industry for maybe 20 years. What is keeping you excited at work nowadays? Would you actually find something interesting and Novartis that would Distinguish itself from other multinational pharma companies.
2: I have been in this industry for quite some time, but I think now, now I am, I am more excited um, and more, I guess, it's super committed than ever. Um, and maybe just allow me a second to describe the regulatory changes that's taking place in China, right? And so, Catherine, you know that China traditionally, um, the healthcare market is dominated by, um, by uh, classic brands and generics. But I think the last several years, it's really, really through the regulatory changes, pivoting to innovation. Whether it's from regulatory changes, um, where you know new, new innovations that bring approved and registered in China at a much faster speed, simultaneous Mm -hmm. development, simultaneous approval is now reality. At the same time, in parallel, um, access is opening up. Now, annual updates of national reimbursement lists have made it possible for new drug to be approved. And reimbursed um, mm-hmm. at the same year. Um, you know, not to mention there's also possibility of commercial insurance, mm-hmm. and then and then the rise of digital health. I, I think, you know, what's keeping me at work is two things. One is the growth agenda, and the second is talent. And, and the, you know, speaking of the growth agenda, I really think it's all about innovation from a strategy perspective to execution and resourcing, and the process that's all aligned in order to support that. Um, and the talent, we always talk about war for talent, but I think the intensity of that competition or it is higher than ever. Um, yet at the same time, it's also tremendous for talent uh, in terms of growth, building mm-hmm. capability, as well as development. And all in all, you know, when I think about the growth agenda, as well as talent agenda, collectively, which which gives me the inc- excitement, also the source of inspiration, is mm. our ability to impact families and patients. You also asked about what distinguishes the you know Novartis from other companies in China, right? One is the innovative pipeline, and the second is a is a one as one approach, and the third one I'll probably talk about is our culture. Mm. The very first one, um, you know, uh, you know, as I was describing, the market is pivoting to innovation, and therefore having the source of innovation, which is a pipeline, is super important. And for that, Novartis, um, you know, we're well known for our um, different platforms, whether it's small molecules, large molecules, as well as advanced platforms such as cell and gene therapy. You know, by focusing on disease areas, we have a deep pipeline that, that can be the source of innovation. Uh, and the second thing is when I talk about is the win-as-win approach, because I think today in the healthcare market, it's, it's absolutely a team sport. Um, you know, we it's becoming so specialized that we have different functions, whether it's legal, which you represent, um, whether it's marketing and sales, digital, development, medical affairs, and different channels. We all have to pull in the same direction. And I really think that's what we're really, you know, we're really good at, you know, continue to get even better at is really regardless of our personal agenda, functional agenda, silos, we can pull in the same direction, you know, with the single-minded focus on helping as many patients as possible. I think the third thing, um, and Novartis has a really unique culture and what we describe as inspired, curious, and embossed. Now, inspired and curious, that's probably actually quite, you know, accepted commonly. Inspired, you know, I mean, having a purpose in what we do every day. Curious, meaning, you know, we take a learning approach and we are, um, we're never satisfied, but we, we think how we can do better. But I think the boss, that often becomes a conversation stopper. Um, and most people ask, uh, you, know, you know, either becoming really happy that there's no boss, <laughs> that we do what we can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or people yeah. as, as managers often ask, you know, how do I lead in unbossed culture, right? Sure. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's as simple as, uh, you know, we do whatever we want, nor yeah. is it that, you know, no longer have a role. You know, when I think about the unbossed, I think really it really, it actually puts greater onus on the leaders to be able to provide the overall direction, um, sure. support the team as needed, Absolutely not by micromanaging, but by mm. enabling the team and remove barriers when it's needed. I feel like this is more of a servant leadership and, more importantly, empowering the organization. You know, I think we're learning a lot from the COVID. And, you know, I really think the UNBUS culture has a long way to go in a in future where there's a lot more uncertainty and changes ahead.
1: I wanted to actually ask you a particular topic of intro, which is actually getting very popular uh, worldwide. It's the diversity and inclusion topic. And I believe it has become the priority agenda item for many companies and business organizations. How would you actually see the advantage of having greater gender and other diversity in leadership? And what is um, the, I would say, effort that was taken by Novartis nowadays on this topic?
2: I think um, you know DNI, what we call diversity and inclusion, has always been our practice, uh, you know, agenda. Um, and I think you know completely agree with you that the value of DNI is increasingly paramount in today's environment. You know, especially you know, you know, as I was alluded earlier, the uncertainty and complexity ahead, the environment. You know, often I look back and I look forward. Um, I find it increasingly hard to do these traditional strategic, your five-year, ten-year strategic planning, um, mm. and even even if you know, predicting exactly what's going to happen next year. I think we in moments like this. You know, even if a simple question is, you know, when would COVID end? I don't yeah. think anybody can give a, give a, <laughs> give, a, give a, an answer that actually works for certainty, right? I think, especially in moments like this, I think we need diversity in safety. Because that's going to help us to make the right decision. and that's also going to help us to not to miss important opportunities that perhaps is not is more less field than conventional. Um, and I think diversity manifests itself in many different ways. you talked about gender, as well as I think it's important to think about diversity experience and most importantly diversity in thinking. Mm-hmm. And I'm quite proud of what Novartis has done. Um, I will share with you um, at the global level. Um, my boss, um, who is leading the entire Novartis Farm organization. She's a woman and uh on her leadership team, um, we have six regional leaders that's leading the PL. Um, okay. and we are very equally balanced, uh, three year men, three year women. Um yeah. and uh, and then you know, speaking for the China level, um, you know, China historically has been doing a reasonably good job of, you know maintaining the gender balance. I'm also happy to report that 60% of my, my team, my direct team are women. Um, and we have strong PL leaders that you have, as well as strong functional leaders, you know, such as um, HR and legal as well. Those strong female leaders. And, and more importantly, we all come from different backgrounds. From a geography perspective, you know, we have leaders very experienced in the US, um, China for sure, as well as Europe. Um, and, and we also represent, you know, different industries, Right, pharma, medical device, that's, that's, that's quite um, that's taken for granted, but as well as digital and tech. So I think a team like this, you know, has a really good basic foundation for us to, to really think diversely. But I also think diversity is a given and inclusion is a choice. You know, how can I, as a leader, be open, encourage speaking up, and different ways of thinking, especially when we face with complexity issues. I think this is where the value of uh, dNI really manifests itself. In addition to gender, we've also identified how to better balance work and life. Here at Novartis, um, we've rolled out um, different programs, including choice with responsibilities, which gives employees and associates the flexibility of where to work, you know, uh, you know, of course, during COVID, right, people working from home. But you know, as we as China come back to normal, we've also continued that practice. You know, associates have choices of where they work, whether it's in office, whether it's in the field, whether it's at home. You know, I, as you might know, I actually just went through quarantine of three weeks, so I've also worked in different locations, including abroad as well as in a, in the quarantine hotel and a home. Yeah, it gives it really gives me a sense of how can I support the teams better to be more inclusive? And we also give paternal needs, um, meaning not just mother, but also the father. Um, yeah. leave of, of, you know, equal length, um and employees have the choice of, of taking that option. So I think, you know, the great beginning of, of us is providing a much more inclusive environment so our talents can flourish.
1: Well, Ingrid, you know, actually... I feel like I have a complete uh, new understanding of what you're doing and why you're so successful. I, I thank you so much for agreeing to be our guest speaker. I actually learned so much from you. You are a perfect blend of Eastern and Western culture. I'm so proud of
0: you. Catherine and Ingrid, thank you both so much, and thank you to our listeners. For more information about Ropes & Gray's Women's Forum and our Women Attorneys, please visit www.ropesgrade.com slash women. You can also subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, including on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Thanks again for listening.